0: You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. So you're a philosopher?
1: Yes. 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 yes,
2: yes, yes. I think that...
3: And welcome to another beautiful, extravagant episode of the Put On Wavers podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Douglas. I am along with my um, my partners who just they keep coming every week, bringing that heat. This tremendous analy- analyzation of the world of sports. First, my partner from the Great state of North Carolina, Tar Heel Nation, Blue Devils by the Bay out there in North Carolina. Got his Good Cam New, Cam Newton jersey on.
2: Uh, Mike Rolando, <laughs> how you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great, except for the Cam Newton jersey. That's not true. All the rest of it is true.
3: <laughs> um, Saquon Barkley had a great run today, so now he's the best running back in football. I, I, I saw that today. Um had a great run. We also, we also have, from the Constitution State, the Nutmeg State, just the birthplace of the Hartford Whalers and the insurance capital of the free world, James Amato. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
3: I'm good. So let's just jump right into the uh, football preview here, NFC, NFC North, AFC North. We'll start with the NFC. and. Let's start with the Bears real quick. Um, Bears have not been you know, that team that has threatened to win the division for a while now. Um, they, they have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, got a new head coach in Nagy now. He used to be the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. How much of an offensive coordinator when Andy Reid is over your shoulder? I'm not sure how much, how much of an offensive coordinator he really was, but thoughts on the Bears going forward, can they, I'm not trying to put them in the playoffs. I'm just saying, can they make that move where, in Trubisky's first full season, um, come out and contend for, uh, you know, seven and eight, seven and nine or a nine and seven record. I thought of the James.
0: Uh, uh, okay. All right. Hey, um, yeah, I'm expecting some good things from the Bears this year. Um, you know, I've been following them the last couple of years. I've actually longer than that. I think they're, they're putting together a nice little nucleus there. Um, how many more years do you have of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I see that going downhill fast, especially after Rodgers' comments this week about players not being ready, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, I, I like what they're doing. I like how they, they've they revamped. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a fun team. They... they a lot of lot of energy there. I, I'm a Trubisky fan. I, I thought that was a great pick for them. Um, give them the full season. Let them go. Um, I, I got them. I got them eight wins this year. Um, I see them finishing second in that division.
1: All
3: right, Mike. Thoughts on the Bears?
2: I think obviously they're they're much improved from I think from last year. It, it, it's funny you can be much improved. I think with some talent, it doesn't mean. You know, if the rest of your division stays good or, or, or gets better potentially, I don't think it does a lot to your your chances. I don't, I don't think they're a threat. Personally, I don't think they're a threat to make the make the playoffs. But looking at their schedule, they've got. I mean, it's you know, you try to go down and see where, where you think there are definite losses. There's, you know, they're going to have some. I think they'll play a lot of close games, which might might turn some things around. But um, I see them right around five or six wins, um, probably close to five. But they, again. They, you're a bears fan. I think you're you're happy you'd assume that Trubisky would be better. You've got uh solid depth at the running back position. You got Howard. Um you've got you've got a kind of a third down back in Cohen or, or a guy who they can move around the field. They've got a good defense. They added um uh, um Allen they added a wide receiver. they the one thing that I I think is a little bit of a you know, I don't I don't think they put any any hope in uh in Kevin White anymore because he's been injured for so much but if, uh, for so long But if but if you did get some additional Maybe some surprises in there um, Maybe burden at the tight end position Somebody comes up big And starts to make plays that they did, maybe they didn't expect I think you might Like James said, maybe squeak out 7-8 wins Potentially uh, But I, I think they're still With the schedule, they've got some tough games early I think they probably end up around 5 or 6 wins
3: You know It's quite possible that the Bears Could be a better team and just have a, have five wins. You know, I mean, they could be better. They could yeah. play better. They, can they could l- be. look better as an organization and just have five wins. I like that they like. I like that Matt Nagy check, um, kept Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. Get some continuity there. Um, it looks like Kevin White is actually having a decent camp. So we'll see. He's probably playing for his NFL life this year. Um, but I do like the pick up of Allen Robertson, um, Trey Burton. I think they probably overpaid Trey Burton off. I mean, the, you only can run the Philly special once in a while. You can't run it every every single play. So I don't, I'm not sure how much of a big time tight end he is, but I, I know he's a decent pass catcher. But the guy who I love in this offense, and I think a lot of people who uh, who are going doing fantasy football, they they're gonna they're going love Jordan Howard. I mean, Jordan the combination of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen is is what they're gonna kinda build this build this team on. And for me, when you're when you're looking at a young team, let me see them go six and two when they're building. Like that's how you start building a team to go into the right direction. You say, Hey, we're gonna start winning our home games and then the following year, that's when you start, you know, overcoming those obstacles on the road, maybe winning at Minnesota or winning at Green winning at Green Bay, winning at Detroit. That's what I see happening. But I don't I see six wins at the most for this team. I'm not sure what Trubisky's gonna be, but I think Trubisky you're gonna find out really quick if Trubisky can actually play because this is a. this is going to be the opportunity for him to play to go with a really respected head coach um and Mark Helford as as well as the offensive coordinator. So you have to see what happens there with the one, one thing Drew, one, one
2: thing also Dwayne, if you uh, I mean there's some question marks around um, around Allen Robinson. If you end up getting the Allen Robinson from a couple of years ago, obviously that helps Trubisky quite a bit. They have another playmaker, a big target. Um, you know that changes kind of the dynamic of the offense as well, where you have kind of a really strong run-pass combination that you can go with. So um, that that's a question mark there as well. If you start to see him be able to 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 you know get some separation and make some catches early in the season, I think the team can be better than we think.
1: Yeah,
3: we'll see what happens there with Bears. The Bears, I don't. I, I mean, get Taylor Gabriel as well at wide receiver, so we'll see. Like I said, we'll see what happens there. I'm interested to see whenever you get a new head coach and you have a young quarterback, you always want to see how that meshes together. So we'll see how the Bears go. I, you know, we we go from eight to eight to uh, eight to five to six wins between the three of us. I don't think any of us see that team um, going ahead and winning. This division, um, or or, or contending for a playoff spot, so we we'll have to we we'll have to keep that um, keep that in mind as we go forward um, as the season rolls on. Uh, let's see, let's go to Detroit now, the Motor City, and talk about Matt Stafford and the Lions. So the so the Lions have, you know, we, they have been a horrible team as far as running the football. They put a, they put every bit of pressure on Matthew Stafford. Um, every second of every play, it's all about Matt Stafford. They throw the ball more than anybody in in the league. A, a lot of times, is Matt Patricia going to be the magical elix- elixir for the for the Detroit Lions, James, as far as making the playoffs?
0: No, I I actually have Detroit finishing last in this division. Um, just a, a lot's going on there. Um, you know, I. I'm a Matt Patricia fan. You know, he, he did a lot of great things up in New England. Um, he's just not coming very comfortable with this team right now. There were some complaints during OTAs that they were practicing too hard. Um, some of the players said he was too intense. So I think there's going to be a culture shock in the organization this year, and they're going to have to, you know, weed some players out. I think this is going to be a down year for Detroit. Um, Stafford's got a lot of talent, so, you know, he, he's still going to deliver. But, you know, the, the rumblings you heard – um you know during the OTAs when when the players were complaining um about him being too intense you know it's it's a big shock i to the organization and the players and uh, you know the holdovers they they're, they're going to see their way out of there and um you know i'm hoping he has a long career as a head coach but it's going to be a tough year for him this year um you know even some of the practices james. some of the things you're seeing lot of the practices yeah. are, are are not too good
3: yeah james so you look at you look at a, a situation like that, right? You are not a perennial winner, an a, a, a NFC Championship t- type team at all. New coach comes in. Do you think why? Why do the current Lions think it's going to be a country club? Like why would they think that? Patricia <laughs> was going to come in there and just like I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering. Like I mean I could see like okay they're, they're coming off a Super Bowl or something like It's obviously what they were used to.
0: oh you know, it's obviously that's what they were used to, um, you know, not having that accountability, um, having easy practices, not being held accountable. So, you know, it's, it's you're going to have to get rid of the players who, who don't want to play for them like that. I mean, it's, it's, the new, it's the new way in sports, you know, whether you're talking Gary Sanchez getting his feelings hurt by Joe Girardi, um, you know, for being too intense and expecting too much out of him to, you know, to what's going on now with this. And, and you know, there is a, some lack of discipline on, on some NFL teams. Um, you know, no one talks about not liking the Patriots until they leave the organization. And then you have all these players coming out saying it was not fun, Belichick was too intense. Um, you know, he's going to bring that, that coaching style there with him, and he's just going to have to bring the right players on board. I, I just don't see Detroit – like, I see a lot of internal – Turmoil with his team, and I don't see them having a very good year.
3: Mike, uh, the Lions here. Uh, it looks like Patricia is trying to get them out of the, you know, the ice bath and, and onto the field, and they don't seem to like it. Uh, what's going on? What are your thoughts about the the transformation of the Lions under Matt Patricia?
2: Is there a Lions fan out there who doesn't think the Lions need a transformation? <laughs> of some
3: uh
2: it's been a pretty rough it's been a pretty rough organization so a coach coming in and kind of I don't know laying down the law I actually kind of like it I know if you're obviously you're not playing for them but you know there there's a, a lot of things that are done to suit the players on teams that don't do well I mean the Lions haven't been good or relevant they've been relevant maybe Stafford kind of makes them relevant and you know, they've had relevant teams, I guess, but they haven't been really a contender in a long time. So um, I, I think it's a good thing. You know, it might be a case where somebody comes in and, you know, tries to lay down the law. I mean, you're maybe you're maybe you're uh, kind of a difficult coach at the beginning and then you, you kind of set the standard and then you, maybe you can ease up once everybody is kind of not just playing their potential, but kind of working together how you want that, how you envisioned your team to work. I mean, it's you know, it might be an old school way to do it, but there's multiple ways to skin a cat. You know, you have coaches like Pete Carroll who are a little looser and they he's one, but then also, you know, things went awry in his locker room and, and things are a little there's been turmoil and things like that. And so the the kind of the the hard line coaches, there are some that do well. And so I don't know how it's gonna turn out. So a lot of times it comes down to personnel. This team's got some they got about four running backs, so they've got some personnel issues that they have to work out. You know, how does Blunt work in with uh, Riddick and how does, you know, uh, carrying uh, Johnson, carrying Johnson, is he going to take over at some point? I mean, um, they've got a lot of pieces here. They've got a good wide receiver, core, wide, wide receiving core. Um, Stafford does like to put the ball in the air. So you think on offense, they should be able to score points. Um, it's just about uh, Patricia coming and being able to actually fix the defense, which is a, you know, is a big, is kind of his thing, right? So if he comes in and does his job, you think the offense can, scoring up points. I don't see them. You know, I probably see them a third in that division talent-wise. I don't think they're as good as the Vikings or the Packers, but um, maybe seven, eight wins, probably right in that range. And
3: and and that's where that's where the conundrum comes. Do you? Is it just that? Is it annoying for a fan base to sit there and say, "Oh, we can be seven and nine or nine and seven every year," right? Or do you rip it down? Right. Or, or do you rip it down? Or do you rip it down and say, hey, let's, let's build something that can last for a long period of time?
2: And don't you think there's – James, don't you think in, in Detroit there has to be a culture change? Because they, they haven't really contended in forever, it seems like. Oh, yeah, and and that's why
0: they brought in Patricia. They they definitely need that change. Um, You know, but I, I just think there's going to be that one-off year where they're going to have to weed out the players who aren't going to respond yeah. to them. Um, that could happen. That could, happen. Know, that's that could right. absolutely – I agree with that. that have you know kind of a little bit of a slow rebuild um, you know and get some people into the organization who you know maybe be you know might be leaving the Patriots over the you know after the season um, I, I just you know stuff you your reading like players are already saying that um, you know the practices are too hard already you know you also have people sitting out we have people sitting out practices for personal reasons um, you've had five different players over the last 10 days sit out. A practice for a personal reason, um, you know. Hopefully, nothing's going on, but you know, it, it just it just doesn't look good right now. And, and these are the types of players that aren't going to survive under Patricia. They're not. They're, they're not going to be there after the season if they even make it through training camp.
3: But the one thing about the Lions, nobody they have the best named offensive coordinator in all of football, and Jim Bob Cooter. We know about that. What you know about the Jim Bob Cooter? <laughs> All right. So let's – I, I, I think we're almost going from bottom to top here. Um, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to look at the, the Packers. And, and I got to say this, and this is the thing that bothers me the most about the Packers, is this, this is probably – and I'm going to say this. This is one of the worst-run organizations I've ever seen in my entire life. And the reason why I say that is how many years – have you had? I won't call him Michael Jordan, but like you know, one of the the best quarterbacks in the history of the sport. There's not even a question. He, he's the, he's the, he's either the best or the second or the second best, and Aaron Rodgers. And you do not build a team that that complements him that gives him an opportunity to win a championship. They should be in the NFC Championship game. They should be. In the Final Four, almost every year, on his ability alone, when they have nothing, they're always right there, knocking at the door, and, and, they, and they have holes all over the place. They had, you know, like, terrible offensive, defensive um, coordinators. Um, the, uh, the last couple of years and Dom Capers, they just, they, I just did. I just, I just can't. I mean, Dom Capers is come on the game. Dom Capers, put him in the pasture. I mean, for for him right now, I, Mike. I, are you just flabbergasted that we haven't seen more of a more of a dominant run by the Packers under the the Aaron Rodgers era?
2: Absolutely, I think we all we all are. I mean, it's it's funny they they when you watch them in past years, they've had such like you said, you already mentioned they had such glaring holes. They've had years where they've had terrible offensive lines they've had years where they have terrible defenses um and you know it's it's just a matter of like uh is it is it that difficult to get to get players to go to Green Bay I, I don't know um, sounds like an excuse to me but um, I also haven't seen necessarily, at least in front of the cameras Aaron Rodgers actually fighting you know publicly at all he hasn't he hasn't wanted to leave I mean there's not so I, I don't really know you know from that standpoint maybe he thinks they have a chance every year so this is a year where they're going to be a good team. They have good skilled players on offense. Um, They've added some pieces on defense. They have a good young secondary. Um, So, maybe this is kind of like a a year where they think they've added enough pieces. Um, But they should be explosive. You know, hopefully he can stay healthy because that's that's been a big deal a couple of years now where, you know, he's been dinged up and has missed, uh, missed games during the season. So, Um, and significant time, too. So hopefully they can keep him upright. Hopefully he's smart with, you know, even getting out of the pocket and kind of creating for himself. He he has ended up hurt at different times. So, Uh, But they've got the normal kind of cast of characters, a couple of options at running back, and then they brought in Jimmy Graham. Hopefully, you know, he's not traditionally – Roger's not somebody traditionally that uses the tight end that much, but hopefully that changes because, obviously, Jimmy Jimmy Graham brings – uh, a great goal line, and he's obviously much more athletic than a lot of a lot of tight ends they've had. So, hopefully, you've got some options here, and they they don't have any excuses now. Not that there, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of excuses, but they just haven't had the players, like you're saying. So, um, I look for them to to make the playoffs. I think probably end up ten with ten wins, probably nine, ten, eleven wins, some somewhere in there. I would probably stick with ten, just looking at their schedule.
3: James, um, thoughts on the Packers going forward with Aaron Rodgers. And I, I can't wait for that first time that he rips in Jimmy Graham for running the wrong route.
0: Yeah, I think he already has. Um, you know, he, he's been ripping every receiver there uh, over the last two days. You know, I, I don't know what it is. The Packer organization just does not treat their quarterbacks well. And, um, you know, the, the way they, they push Favre out of football pretty much, and, and, and that was going on with Rodgers where – you know, could you imagine any other quarterback of this caliber to not have a say in the roster? Um, you know, what players and, and doing everything to, to make them that much better and, and get them to the next level? But, you know, the other thing to remember, too, is is the Packers are a team that have won and have lost, um, you know, quite a few playoff games on lucky plays or, or crazy, incredible wins and losses. Even during the regular season, you know, they, they've, thatched wins from the jaws of defeat um you know there's some bombs and some hail berries and some crazy plays so um you know and that, that's all coming from rogers but you know there, there's just something there where like the the front office just does not respect him him whatsoever and with all that talent to not put the players on the field um, to give him an opportunity to to carry them and win a super bowl it's, it's almost like they don't I don't want to say they don't care about winning a Super Bowl, but it's it's how it's coming across. You know, you would think, especially with the tradition, and you know, you would think players would be craving to go play for Aaron Rodgers. Some of these these great receivers, and you know, it's just it's it's kind of hard to watch. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I'm just not a fan of his. I don't, I don't like some of the ways he acts off the field and and whatnot, but. Yeah, it's really odd what's going on in 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 Green Bay with why they will not get this guy the support that he needs.
3: I just feel like I mean I like uh, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna say a lot of this has to, you know, the the strength of schedule or the timing of when you play certain teams. This team's gonna they have very winnable games. Other than you know, and they're they're all winnable, but they have a tough game week two. But other than that, the first five six games they should win. They're going to be favored in all those games. They could start off the season five and one before heading. You know they have the Rams. You know at, at Rams and at Patriots. So you start off the season well, and you you know hopefully you're in a situation where you know you can go into those good games uh, at a, in a five and one. You're at a, you're at maybe a five and one four and two stretch, and then they finish the season with three poor teams also. So sometimes these things are dictated by strength of schedule and then when you play, they could really have a good season just based on, you know, 10, 11 wins, just based on, you know, the way the schedule's set up and, and things like that, as long as they can stay healthy.
3: They do. Um, well, let's just go through that just real quickly before we go on to a, to the next team, the Vikings. Um, I got the Bears opener. You would think that they would find a way to win uh, to win that game, and that is actually the Monday night game. I mean, the Sunday night game on NBC, the first night, the first night of the year, um, Sunday so Sunday night, football night in America. Then you got um, the home. That's gonna be a huge game when they play the Vikings. Uh, if, they yep. can, if they can win that game, if they can win that game, then they're obviously they're gonna be um, could contend for the 4 division championship. The, they go at the Redskins. When we talk about the NFC East, I'm gonna talk about the Redskins. I actually think the Redskins are my one of my sleeper teams. So I'll put it out there right now that I do like. Say what you want about Alex Smith, he finds ways. He finds ways to get his team to the playoffs. Now what they do in the playoffs when they get there, that's a whole different story. But somehow that guy finds a way to win 10, 11 games almost every year. Um, the Bills at the Lions and then San Francisco. So. Um, you know, and then I, my and, my only point was that they're we'll favored there.
2: probably in most of those games. They're going to be favored.
3: So. They would be favored in every one except for week two, I believe. Yep. Uh, well, no, week yeah. week, week, three, week three, week three, depending on how the Redskins do in Maybe. the first two first two weeks, that could be a pickup. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yep. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they can easily I, go
0: from four and one to four and four. <laughs> so when you look at that schedule too, so.
3: It could. Very easy. I mean, yeah, it really could. We're going to take a quick break, and then after we come back, we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings, who are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL
0: right now.
1: Required listening with Amazon Music.
0: Dad music again. The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure, what's the new playlist name? Jack's intro to
3: classic rock.
1: Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's Intro to Classic
2: Rock Playlist. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you, and soon he, will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com.
1: Renews automatically, cancel anytime. Welcome back to the Put On Waivers podcast with Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rolando.
3: Welcome back to the Put On Waivers podcast, presented by the POW Podcast Network. We have our show. We also have Raiders today. So keep up with that. Keep up with those Raiders. Keep up with uh, with uh, everything going on in all sports with the uh, Put On Waivers podcast here. So we're going to go to the Vikings because they pick up Kirk Cousins. Everybody's going to have them as one of the best teams in the league. Um, in the NFC, it's going to be everybody's going to pick the Vikings, Rams for the NFC Championship game, and those teams are going to be fighting to see who where where that game is going to be played. Um, the Vikings, they're just loaded. I, I, I James, I don't, I don't know how else to kind of kind of say it. They just have a lot of talented players. I, I look at I look at teams like this. If there are more than three players off that team that you would take on yours, they're pretty damn talented. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> that's the best way to do it. I mean, because for years and years, like, that's the way I used to judge the Raiders. I'm a Raider fan. I was like, if, if they didn't, if those years where they had, where they wasn't three or four games, I was like, there's nobody on my, there's nobody who, if I, a friend of mine could draft off my team, off the Raiders who they would take, then they don't have any talent. Right now we got some decent players. But, but right now they have a lot of players defensively. I love Mike Zimmer as a head coach. When I I was able to, um, I think I think the Bengals were on hard knocks one year, and just watching him relate to players and talk to players when he was the defensive coordinator there, I, I, I feel I want to play for Mike Zimmer. He 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 does a great job. Thoughts on the Vikings going forward, James? And then Mike, you can just come right in right after that. Um, this is kind of the year that um, you know the. The folks in purple waiting
0: for right. Yeah, I think it's the, the NFC is the Vikings to lose. I mean, if you go on paper um, and the way they ended last year, and then to add Kirk Cousins to to the whole mix, um, I, I I think it's I think they're the team to beat. As good as the Rams, um, you know, with the talent the Rams are putting together, the Vikings, you know, went deeper in the playoffs last year, got to that title game, um, they didn't show up in Philadelphia, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, the talent they've put out there, Zimmer's a solid head coach. Um, He's going to be around for years in Minnesota. Um, Has a lot of control over that team. Um, He sat out, Stefan Diggs, Xavier Rose uh, yesterday because they were trash-talking too much um, the day before and, uh, you know, causing a lot of negative energy around the team. Um, It continued the next morning, so he had them sit out practice to think about what they were doing. No complaints from the players whatsoever that they got behind it. Um, you know, I, Kirk Cousins was just a great signing. That's what they needed. Nothing against Case Keenum, but, you know, that, that's an upgraded quarterback right there. Um, you know, in, in, in my opinion, the Vikings are in the NFC Championship game this year. You know, barring injuries and whatever else, you know, you can run into during the season. But on paper right now, I, I like the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, hosting it at home. Hey, Mike, what do you think about the
3: Vikings going forward? Then I'll just come right in after that.
2: I'll, I feel similarly to James. There are a couple of, I mean, you have, you have question marks like, does Dalvin Cook come back the same? I mean, there that, you know, they'd uh, obviously Jared McKinnon, they don't have anymore, um, And so, you know, Latavius Murray is there as a backup. But if you, you know, obviously all signs point to him, seems like uh, being healthy, but, Obviously, you don't know exactly how he'll come back after the injury. So if he if he's slow in coming back, gets hurt, you know, you just don't know. Then then obviously there's one weapon there. Latavius Murray's not um, what you'd consider to be a weapon. He can run the ball, but and, and maybe keep you honest, but he's not the same player, uh, nearly the Devlin Cook is. So that's the one for me. The one question mark. Outside of that, I don't have a lot different to say than James, other than. You know, there's going to be a lot of expectations all of a sudden. The pressure is something that's going to be different. Kirk Cousins isn't playing. You know, is having a situation now where he's in Washington and maybe expectations aren't as high. This team is coming in with full-loaded expectations to get to the Super Bowl. Like like you said, this is the what everybody you know, every Minnesota fan has been waiting for. So he has to be the, the kind of the, the guy to bring it home here. So and Kirk Cousins. So there's a lot of pressure on this team, uh, and I. With that expectations, and not everybody reacts the same way. So they have all the weapons. They have everything, kind of um, gearing up, and, and everything's loaded. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, 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 you'd be kind of silly not to not to pick them just based just based on the talent they have.
3: James, should we have any trepidation about about this the signing of Kirk Cousins? Because he did leave Washington. Washington could have easily said, hey, we're going to build a team around him and get better. Instead, Washington let him go and then came in with Alex Smith. Should anybody be like, say, hey, let's back, let's let's take a look at this and see, why would anybody let go of a quality quarterback like Kirk Cousins?
0: No, I, I think it was an amicable split. I think, you know, he wasn't going to sign long-term there. Um, they weren't going to invest the money in him long-term, even, even though, you know, he, he fell into the two franchise tags, you know, the back-to-back years. Um, It's a right he earned. It's why there's, you know, why there's strikes in sports, why there's lockouts, or take advantage of the rules, and and he took advantage of it this time with Minnesota. Um, He obviously did not want to be in Washington. It could have ended ugly. I don't think it ended ugly in Washington. Um, He walked away. You know, my only concern, you know, if you're looking at the Vikings, those first four games, you know, they're home against the 49ers at Green Bay, um, home for the Bills, at Los Angeles, Rams, and at the Eagles, um, followed yeah. by a home game by the Cardinals. They, they could, you know, yeah, that's a that's a pretty tough stretch to start the season. Um, you know, that's the first play schedule. They earned that schedule. Um, you know, if things go bad early, how would it affect Kirk Cousins throughout the year? Um, you know, all the pressure is going to be on him. I don't know how big the media is in Minnesota. It can't be that big, um, but Still, with all that money, you know, he'll he'll he's going to be in the spotlight, you know, for for everything. So, if they get up to a slow start or nothing goes right those first couple games, um, it could be a long season in, in Minnesota. I don't see Zimmer letting it go that way, um, but that's just something to watch. But, yeah, I I, I have no issues with him. Um, I thought he was a warrior in Washington. Um, you know, they did put some talent around him one year, then they took the talent away. Um you know, it's Daniel Snyder organization, so you, you have to put that in there too. So, you know, that I, th- I think that's a bigger influence for Cousins leaving that, than anything else on, on Washington giving up on him. Go ahead. Yes,
2: the when Go when ahead. When you say that, you obviously think Alex Smith is better than, than Kirk Cousins or, or at least comparable. Do you at least think Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum, the, the quarterback they had in place?
3: I think, I mean, there's no question that he's better than Case Keenum, and I. I and okay. w- when we get to the when we get to the AFC West, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really go in on get go in on Case Keenum because I am some of the predictions about the Broncos this year. I I am just flabbergasted that people people were acting like number seven's coming back to play for him when when I'm looking at Case Keenum. I I can't believe I'm I'm seeing what I'm seeing here. But I would I would just I would just threw the question out just to make just it's to enough say for you. just to it's, say hey. Yeah, it, it it's an upgrade no question about it. I I I think yeah. he definitely put up a lot of num- put, put some big numbers there. And I just don't see how they could actually go wrong. Um this, you know, when I when I look at the um the ro- the roster, I do like that they have the um Philly's quarterback coach from last year and John DiFilippo. He's a he's been a rising star. Um okay in the ranks of um, offensive coordinators, offensive minds in the league, and he's hungry for that head coaching job, and this could lead to his first head coaching job if he was able to do something big with his team. One of my favorite players in the league. I mean, how do you not love those yellow gloves of Adam Adam Thielen? I mean, he is such... A tremendous receiver. It, it, it no matter what the game, no matter, wh- no matter where he is, you can always find him because those, he, has, he wears the brightest yellow gloves. You can see you can see anywhere in the league, and he's just a tremendous receiver. He is not a possession receiver. He's a big time receiver in every facet of the game. I don't want the, let's Not let's not stereotype. Mom, my boy Adam <laughs> Thielen, um, and we know why he. We, we, we know why people would label him as a. I, I won't go there, but I'm just saying he is definitely not a possession receiver. He's a big time receiver. Um, he, he can make plays, and and Stefan Diggs is that guy who is very similar to a Steve Smith. He you he will give you a mouthful all game, and. And do it to you on the field. Like he's—he's—it's like, not like he's talking trash and then just gonna and gonna go away. He makes big plays too. So got two receivers there. Keep those guys healthy. Um, Kyle Rudolph is a very talented tight end. Uh, we're great great around the goal line. Uh, so you have you have that. You have two really good running backs. I think Murray's a little bit better than you than um than than I think you think. Um, I think a guy like um, um Mac Brown is a, a third a third down guy. So. This is, uh, a, the, the guy third in line there, but I do like Cook. I do like Murray. Um, you know, they're they're okay with the sharing the sharing the sharing the, the load there. If Cousins went down, at least they have somebody like Trevor Simeon, who is not a great quarterback, but at least he has experience and has a lot of talent around him. And wouldn't have to if he had to game manage a couple of games. For them to, for the Vikings to navigate through, they'd be fine, I think. But defensively, that's where you get you get all the you get all the excitement. I mean, they are um, Lindell Joseph, um, Sheldon Richardson, um, Everson Griffin. I mean, you know <laughs> Anthony Barr. They have. Can I just have like one player off this defense for the Raiders? I mean, I just take one. I mean, this team is loaded. Xavier Rhodes is one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, Andrew Sandejo is a tremendous safety so they have a lot of talent there see what happens but um if barring injury this team is no question the best team um maybe the nfc also the best team in in this division so i think we're going to round it out we're all going to pick the vikings to win the division so we'll see what happens um see what happens there um the packers finishing second and then any combination of the lions and the bears picking up the rear as far as the nfc south goes that's fair to say
1: Sounds good. Yeah.
3: Will, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Sounds like that. So we'll right to say that. So let's go to the NFC South, and we'll, let's talk about you know team team hard knocks. I mean, also, excuse me. The um, NFC uh, AFC North and the, and team hard knocks. The Cleveland Browns. Always an interesting story with the Cleveland Browns, right? It's always it's always something <laughs> kind of interesting with them. Um, <laughs> at
2: least so, they're relevant. At least we're ta- at least we are talking about them a little bit.
3: Yes, and, and and this is the extent of, of when we talk about the Browns when they when it's a preview show for the for the for the division and we don't talk about them the rest of the year. Um, this is obviously, <laughs> I, I mean, I think this is obviously going to be a make or break last season for for Hugh Jackson. Um, unfortunately, uh, I don't see I don't see this team being making making it. They might they might make some strides. I do like Miles. I do like Miles Garrett. I do like some of the um, young players on there on this team. Um people try to trash talk um Jarvis Landry, and the guy just gets you know he gets four hundred catches in four years, something like that, something ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to get that this year with his- with the quarterback he has now, but they're gonna force speed in the football um thoughts on Tyrod Taylor and the Cleveland Browns Mike as they go forward in the in the Baker
2: Mayfield era in Cleveland. It's funny. It's funny you say that about Jarvis Landry. It's like Jarvis. It's like Joe Montana was throwing Jarvis Landry the ball in Miami. You know. So let's let's. You know, the idea that he couldn't be as productive. Um, I think he can. He can catch a lot of balls there. So um, this team is. It's you know. It's it's not. At least they have. My point was, at least they have some players that you talk about that are interesting. They have flashy players. Players that have skill. Um, should have an improved defense, like you mentioned, Miles Garrett, and, and they, they've added pieces. Um, I, you know, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but you can see them winning a couple of games and, and kind of getting better. I think it's one of those, one of those teams that you can see is adding talent. And I don't know how long Tyrod Taylor is going to end up playing. You know, if they they go zero and five, one and six, one and seven, I'd imagine they're going to, at some point, give the reins over to Baker Mayfield. You don't get picked that high in the draft. You're number one in the draft and. And sit there, uh, especially him, at least normally nowadays. So I, I do think this team's got talent. They've got they've got talent, all you know, at the running back position. They, if Josh Gordon comes back, it's an even better wide receiver core. Um, so there's there, you know, if the Browns are on TV, you know, I will watch any game, but I'll be more excited to watch the Browns. Just more interested anyway to watch the Browns this year than I was last year by far. So I think they're heading the right direction. They're still only going to win maybe maybe two or three games.
3: James, I'm interested to see what you say about the Browns.
0: Um, I mean, one win is, is a step up from last year for the Browns. So, <laughs> so anything's anything's an improvement <laughs> for them. Um, you know, I I watched I, I watched the the show last night, and I thought it, I thought it was a really good show. I think they have um, I think they have a lot of good personalities there. I think this team is going to be. I, I, I think it would be way better than a one win team. Um, I, I would put them in the four to five range, but they're probably you know two years out, maybe three years from from winning that division um, with the young talent they're bringing in there. Um, it, you know, I I think they're they're finally starting to put stuff together. Um, I'm excited to see Jarvis Landry play there. I will definitely watch the Browns when they're on TV this year because they just seem like they're going to be a fun team to watch um and you know the past is the past and and hopefully you know with lebron no longer being in cleveland and you know what's the indians you know win the american league championship then you know after the world series you know cleveland fans can watch the browns and and enjoy some football this year at, at the late end of the season
3: they still have to upgrade the talent. I thought they could have done a better job in the draft. I just, I mean, if you will, if you love Baker Mayfield that much, I get it. That's fine. I'll, you, you could take Baker Mayfield, uh, no problem. I just feel like Denzel Denzel Ward, who is a solid player in college, and will be a good. I think he could be a solid player in the, in the league. I just feel like his size is going to be an issue in that division, where you have you know Juju Schuster and all, and, and you know, some other receivers as well. So. That's where I think that's going to be an issue for for that team. Uh, but you know, if they can, I, I would have loved to see them get you know, to go out there and get the defensive um, defensive end um, Chubb to go along with Garrett. I thought that would have been just two bookends for the next you know seven eight years. Go chased on th- chasing the quarterbacks in the in the north. Um, if you look at the division. I mean, it's this old it's older quarterback. So when do you see James? You know how bad would it have to get for them to insert Baker Mayfield? When will the fans be in the dog pound, just be be barking for um, Baker to take the field?
0: Uh, probably about 10 minutes before kickoff of the first home game. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the way, the way Brown fans act and um, even watching, um, I can't think of the, of the show right now, but, but watching it, they, you know, the fans were going crazy chanting for players and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's again a transitional season for them. You don't want to rush him in there. Um, he looked he looked okay against the Giants tonight. Again, it's it's preseason. Um, you know, I, I see Mayfield. Maybe the last third of the season, they, you know, they make that move when you know they're not in the playoffs, just to get them some reps and get them some you know NFL regular season game action. Um, they know they're not going to be a playoff team this year but I don't think they want to throw him to the Wolves this early in the season, especially with that schedule. I mean, you, you don't want to send Baker Mayfield out there against Pittsburgh on, on opening night. You just don't want to do that for, for your to, to start the season. Um, if, you, if you go through their schedule, I mean, their first, you know, I see them, you know, maybe getting that start 11-25 at Cincinnati. You know, they had the Bengals twice towards the end of the year. Um, the Broncos, so you know, maybe getting a man around that time of the year, like that last third of the season, handing the team over to him, and just prep for next year.
3: Yeah, um, let's go over to Cincinnati now and look at the Bengals. And I think the Bengals could be the Bengals, are a couple of teams that I kind of like on because you know, five teams are always in in the playoffs every year. There's five teams who you know don't who didn't make the playoffs the year before that make that make the playoffs every year I think the Bengals are going to be a tough team um, this year I think defensively they are they are they're going to be they could they're they're to be tough as well they have Carlos Dunlap they have Geno Atkins uh, Michael Johnson the formidable, uh, formidable guys up front and very underrated um, corner tandem in Drake Kirkpatrick and Williams Jones the third who is a very good uh, very good corner as well they they uh, they have continuity there same system for year year and year after year. I'm not expecting them to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I do think that the Bengals could definitely bounce back and have a really good season this year. But you know it depends on how much you trust the red rifle. I mean, do you trust him to really take that take to take that team to the next level, Mike? I'm I, I don't know I'm not sure if you if you think he's gonna if he's capable of winning, you know, eleven, twelve, 12 games, I'm not sure. even with a really talented roster. But talk about the Bengals and and just what do you see going forward with this team? Do you feel like, you know, Andy Dalton who has some you know, some pretty decent weapons there, especially in A. J. Green, can he take that team to the next level?
2: Well what do you mean by next level? I mean, do you think he's had good regular seasons before, so it's not you know, do you mean next level, like take them deep into the playoffs and make them a contender? I mean, or when
3: I say that, I mean have a have a year like have a year like the jag the Jaguars had last year, where they were they playing the Patriots in the, in the championship game.
2: I don't see them in the, from a playoff standpoint going that deep. Um, I think he's he he can play. You know, again, um, they've got a lot of weapons. I actually like the the one uh, the big key I think to their offense, Joe Mixon, is uh, I think. Should have had more carries last year. I know they probably, because of his past, probably did not want to feature him as much maybe last year as they they may have wanted to. Um, but from a talent standpoint, he had moments where he was very good. And I think this year, him playing an increased role is going to add a weapon there um, that I, I think he's going to him with with um, Giovanni Bernard also. Kind of a, a little bit of a, a contrast there. They're gonna, they're definitely gonna have weapons. AJ Green, as long as he can stay healthy, I do think they're gonna win. You know, eight nine games if they have an upside. Maybe you know you, you get to double digits potentially. Um, if that's next level, then it is. But I think they're, I I think they have a potential, and I think you may think this based on your, your thoughts um, earlier. I, I think they're a play, they, they're a potential playoff team. But it all does come down to Dalton. If I was a Bengals fan, do I put my faith in him? I put my faith in to potentially have a good regular season. I don't necessarily. This team's just traditionally just hasn't been a good playoff team. So um, top to bottom. So I I don't necessarily believe they're going to run, you know, go into the playoffs uh, and make and make any headway. But um, can they get there? I think they could get a playoff game out of this season. I, I think so.
3: James, they are the king of the, the first the first wild card game and losing their game. They are, what, what are they, 0-75 under Here's, Marvin
0: Lewis? Um, there, there's there's <laughs> nothing worse than knowing your Saturday night will be a wild card playoff game involving the Cincinnati Bengals because it's just not going <laughs> to be a good game. Um, yeah, I, I see them getting to the playoffs. Um, as long as they don't do anything stupid, like this team always comes down to like one – stupid defensive penalty that just costs them, you know, either a playoff game or a couple of defensive penalties during the year that that cost them some regular season games. Um, you know, next level for Andy Dalton is the second round obviously. I mean, I, I think we we can all say that. So, can he get them to the second round? Yeah, if if they can play a complete football game without doing anything silly on the field like with those dumb penalties that this team is just known to take. Um, I think it's a statement year for Marvin Lewis. There was all those reports coming out that he was retiring last year. Um, those were coming somewhere from in the organization because they weren't coming from Marvin Lewis. And you know, when when those broke with three weeks left in the season, he didn't say anything. And when the season ended, he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to be here next year." What are you talking about? So, um, you know, the Bengals are just one of those organizations that, you know, since Sam White and 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 Boomer Sison, they haven't done much in the playoffs, but. Um, this could be a year that he get out of the first round, depending on how things fall. But I expect a good season from Dalton, good regular season, and it just comes down to what can they do in that wild card game. Can they get through the game without doing something idiotic on the field?
3: Well, Bontez Perfect is going to be suspended for the first four games, I believe. So at least for the first four games, you don't have to worry about any craziness Well, happening I'll make suspend suspended the, for, for the playoffs.
0: That might be good. <laughs> <into
3: the playoffs. laughs> Could you imagine a, t- a team? A team just says no. We're not playing. Like, we're eleven and five. We have, a team, we have a we have a first round home game. You're not playing because you're do something stupid. Unbelievable. But yeah, I, I, I do like it. I mean, um, t- t- uh, Tyler Eifert is a, is a tremendous weapon at tight end. But you know, can he and AJ Green um, stay healthy? that's going to that's be a huge um, if for that team. So we'll see how it happens with the Bengals there. Um, going forward. I'm not really... Uh, uh, also, looking forward to seeing what um, Tyler Austin does. Um, Terrell Austin does as defensive coordinator. He's a guy who's coming up the ranks, and we'll see um, if he can parlay this into if not the Bengals' head coaching job, another head coaching job as well, uh, replacing Paul Gunter, who is now with the Raiders. Uh, let's see here. We can go to the Ravens now. It, uh, with the Ravens, is it just? I mean, I I look at the team and I just say to myself, is it just time to blow this up? Like, has it has everything run its course, James, in Baltimore, where we're just saying, hey, let's just move on, and let's just you know, let's just let's just kind of blow this whole thing up and let's try to rebuild it, because it just doesn't seem like they have. What it takes to be—they're—they're—they're they're, they're they're, they're almost in that Detroit Lions situation where they could be anywhere from seven and nine and nine and seven, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think they're along that right there. I, I think it is time. They're—they're um, they're just handcuffed by that—that that Joe Flacco contract. That is what is holding them down. That is what is, you know. He's probably not even the best quarterback in camp right now. Um, they're going to start him. They're going to play him um, just based on the money they're paying him. Um, we get it. You won a Super Bowl five years ago. You know, it's it's just time ran out on, on, on the 49ers in that game. But, yeah, you know, these – we we're going to be talking about the Ravens and the Steelers, two of my least favorite teams in all of football. So, like, I would love nothing more than the Ravens to fall on their face this year and, uh, and have a really bad year. But, um, yeah, I think they're at that point where they just really need to just start over, you know, just just clean house there and, and you know, let, let Harbaugh rebuild that team. Um, you know, Robert Griffin's having a, a pretty good, solid preseason camp for them. He's looking really good. Uh, Maybe he'll get a job somewhere else, but um, the whole Flacco thing just that just that whole organization is just handcuffed by that contract.
3: um, Mike, is it how long? I mean, James mentioned Robert Griffin III, but Ravens fans they want they want Action Jackson in there, right? You know, and. And I ain't talking about yeah you know, I I I ain't talking about Carl Weathers or whatever I'm talking about you know they want I mean they want um they want Action Jackson up in there right so so they want they want Lamar Jackson in there to see if he could play so um, how long before they're claiming for for him to come out for him to come onto the field because he just he's electric he has a lot of different things he can add to the case
2: add,
3: add to the field but I mean, he might not be ready right now to kind of take the reins.
2: That's where the that's where kind of it, the tough part for the season is right now because you have Joe Flacco. Nobody, it doesn't sound like you know, it, it's kinda of different to go into camp. No one's excited about, about Joe Flacco. I can't even imagine his teammates are all that excited about Joe Flacco. Uh, which would be a which would be a strange thing to go through for him. But no one knows if Jackson's gonna be everybody knows he's the athlete, you know, that can, you know, bring a lot of excitement and get and get people in the fans excited. Which may be all they're looking for if they end up, you know, two and six on the year, and, and you know, obviously, that's they don't want to just play out the string. But Lamar Jackson is going to probably take over at some point this year if their season's going awry, and it could happen earlier. If you know, again, fans, sometimes angry fans, sometimes are able to influence when somebody comes in. I mean, I don't envy Joe Flacco. I mean, if he doesn't play well. He's going to be hearing it right from week one, you know, to bring Jackson in. So that's not a real, uh, a real good spot for him to be in. I actually, for him, hope he plays well just because of that. Because it's going to be a long year if uh, he isn't ready to play and Joe Flacco's playing terrible and Lamar, and Lamar Jackson's not ready, he's not going to go in. But the Bluebirds are going to be flying in Baltimore uh, in Baltimore all year. So um, they, they added Michael Crabtree. We're talking about personnel. It's not a lot of weapons. Recognizable weapons. Michael is a good player. I don't think I think he's changing the culture offensively or anything like that. But at least he gives a consistent target for him. Um, they generally have a got to watch out for normally, him. but yeah,
3: I, I got to watch out for is, is a tight end, um, Hayden Hurst. So he's, he's a guy who I would uh, definitely uh, look out for as well. He is a guy who um, may you know make may burst onto the scene as a solid weapon for him. But he's not—he's just not that incredibly accurate of a passer. Um, he just—I mean, right. he's just, you got to be honest with him. But the team—but they have a good enough head coach, where he's—they're not gonna—they're not gonna go thir- three and thirteen, like you know, because <laughs> John Harbaugh is a really good coach, and they don't have—he doesn't have years like that, you know. So we'll see what happens with. Oh, what, the, if, with so what the, if Lamar
2: Jackson? What you know? if Lamar Jackson doesn't isn't ready? I mean, you have to stick with Flacco, right? I mean, that's you don't really have a lot of options there. If he's not ready to play, they're gonna keep Flacco out there and and just kind of the ship's gonna go down. I mean that's just kinda of what's gonna happen if if that's the case.
3: Yeah. I mean no no rookie's really ready. I
0: mean
3: the only rookie who was really ready was was Marino, wasn't it? I mean he just came in just, you know, gangbusters, right? I mean there's nobody who's really ever truly ready to do it. So we'll have to see what happens Let's see what happens there. I am not a big um I mean, I'm not a big Flacco guy, so we'll see what happens um, going forward. I, th- I think they're going to have to run the football and just try to throw, chuck the ball deep. Uh, at least, they, at least, they, he leads with Hayden Hurst or Max or Max Williams, they have a decent uh, um, goal line situation as far as trying to pass the ball in the end zone. And Michael Crabtree is a he is a possession receiver, very a very good one, especially around the goal line. Let's make sure you know call like it is. Um, <laughs> going over to the Steelers now. Who Pittsburgh, like New England, has had the playoff birthright every year <laughs> because the division is not it has not been good. You sprinkled in a couple of good years by the Bengals, a couple big a couple years by the um, by the Ravens, but for the most part, this division has been the Steelers forever. Um, James, thoughts about the Steelers going forward? I know you love I know you loved this team. I know you love Tomlin. Um, yeah. And I, know, and I know you love Roethlisberger as well. So uh, thoughts yeah. on Steelers going forward this year? Yeah,
0: they're going to win the division. <laughs> that's, that's it. That I mean,
3: that's they're, it, right? I they're going to the um, win the
0: division. They're going to win the division. They're going to lose the Patriots in the playoffs. Tomlin's going to just cry about something. is going to blame, you know, some, you know, like the, the defensive – backfield coach for the loss or something like that throw somebody under the bus it's the same old story for the Steelers you can just write it down now Um, don't see them winning more than 11 games I don't see them as as another 13 or 14 win team Um, you know I I have them with about 11 wins this year not going over that Um, but yeah it's, it's their division to you know to to win and and you know, get the bye week. They'll probably get the bye week with eleven wins, and then um, they'll, they'll lose to the Patriots. I like can do every year, so oh, that's why okay. I was the other Jay- <laughs>
3: Mike. <laughs> it's pretty easy with a team It's it just right? too.
2: It's just too much talent there. I mean, the only the only thing I guess is you have a little bit of question mark about Le'Veon Bell, how happy he's going to be. But um, you know, is Antonio Brown going to be healthy? I mean, there's some health issues there. Roethlisberger goes down if one of those guys one of those weapons goes down I mean they have a pretty pretty good seems like when they get injuries guys are able to step up um, at the skill positions but um you know James is right they're the kind of the class of the division but unless you you know again unless there's an injury or something like that happens can you see the Bengals getting close enough to put a little heat on them I do you know if if something kind of uh, causes them to stumble a little bit but um on paper, looks. I mean, I, I kind of see what James sees. They're going to end up 11, 12 wins, and you know, probably in the similar position they've been in the past. But they're they're not flawless. I mean, they have some some things that could happen to them. Um, that you know, if if Antonio Brown goes down or Roethlisberger goes down, it definitely affects that team quite a bit, even if it's for a few games here and there. So that'll be mainly the, the main thing that I'll watch for is his health.
3: So, let's analyze the head coach for a second here because he's not a changer of his philosophy. So, I remember Bill Parcells talking about when he had to face the two best coaches he had he faced was, you know, Joe Gibbs and Bill Walsh. And he said that Joe Gibbs was tougher to face because he would make more changes, where Walsh is going to still run his West Coast stuff and just wait for something to pop because he had superior athletes. How many times can this organization, I'll start with James and then Mike, you coming right after, how many times can you play a dominant team in your, in your conference the same way every time and lose and have it be acceptable? How can you play the Patriots again this year? Play your zone bl- your zone blitzing whatever, Blitzburg defense, where he knows where you're coming from, so he gets rid of the ball quickly. Everybody knows the only way to beat the Patriots is to rush for and drop everybody else and play tight man-to-man, but they refuse to do it. Thoughts on Tomlin, and when is his Super Bowl just not enough to keep his job?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's the NFL's version of groundhog day where it's the same regular season and same playoff game every single year between the Patriots and the Steelers. Um it's I mean and the Patriots have embarrassed the Steelers in the playoffs, you know. They they won the the regular season game, came down to to the last minute and then the playoffs come along and um it's just, you know, they they've had some pretty solid big wins against the Steelers in the postseason. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's living off the one Super Bowl. Um, Joe Flacco got paid off of one Super Bowl. But, again, it's the Steelers organization, three head coaches in the last 60 years pretty much. Um, you know, that's the Rooney way of doing things. They, they believe in the coach. Um, he's got a lot of pull in that organization. So, um, you know, it's not Michigan versus Ohio State. It's not a rivalry game where if you lose it, the boosters are going to force you out. Um, you know, this, this is, it's just the same thing every year. I, I think he's in Pittsburgh until he wants to leave Pittsburgh. It's, it's just the way the Rooney's do things are.
2: I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I like Tom and I, I think he's obviously he's not flawless. This makes, makes some mistakes against, I mean, it's not, it's not that embarrassing to lose to the Patriots over and over again. A lot of teams have, um, but I agree with you maybe there's some flexibility that's needed some adjustments are needed um, when when that happens again um, first of all a Super Bowl can take you a long way I mean we we in New York called for Coughlin's you know ousting quite a bit they had some really bad seasons but that Super Bowl kept him there he had two of them but the um, Super Bowl can win you uh, definitely some time so um, Some of it comes down to, I mean, who else are you going to get? I mean, he's a pretty demonstrative personality, good leader. Um, You know, just maybe he needs some assistance when it comes to uh, in-game adjustments against that team. But I don't know if that calls for him getting fired um, or or let go. I mean, who who are you going to bring in better than than him? I'm not sure. But um, a lot of that's going to come down. I mean, I think there's – specifically just with the coach, I mean – I think we're going to probably see it again, which is funny because you're going to you're going he's going to get another crack at it I think this year. I mean, based on what we're what we're talking about, we haven't gotten to that uh, to the Patriots yet and when we, maybe in a week or two we'll talk about it, but probably going to look at the Steelers and Patriots meeting again at some point in the playoffs, so he'll get another crack at it. That's,
3: this is we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers talking about, you know, Chuck Noll, we're talking about all these, you know, these, you know, this this great franchise and they're about winning Super Bowls. They're not about losing to an opponent over and over and over again. So I get it. I understand it, but I and I don't want I'm not calling for his head. But at some point you got to take some notes and say, "You know what? We'll play this way against everybody else." But we're gonna play the Patriots this way if we play them if we play in the playoffs. And now it's not just the play, Patriots you gotta worry about. It's you know it's those um, Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are a, a team that's loaded, ready to go. And to let Jacksonville come in there and beat you, and fine if Jacksonville beats you 17-14 in the playoffs with that defense, go ahead. They give up like 600 yards. Offense in that game. <laughs> Blake Bortles looked like, you know, uh, you know, Air Coryell back there. He just had all day to throw the football, throwing bombs. I mean, they just they looked. That was that was an embarrassing loss. Not that they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, but the way they lost to Jacksonville is the most embarrassing thing that I've seen. So um, I wasn't a fan of that at all. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. With, uh, with the Steelers there. So I think we both have the Vikings and the Steelers winning the NFC North and the AFC North. So we'll see what happens there. And with the, with the possible wild card team being the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll be right back. we get take a quick break, and we'll go with some baseball now as the boys of summer continue.
1: Required listening with Amazon Music.
0: Dad music again. The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure,
1: what's the new playlist name?
3: Jack's intro to classic rock.
1: Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's intro to classic rock playlist. (laughs) Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you and soon he will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at amazonmusic.com. Renews automatically, cancel anytime.
3: Back on the Put on Waivers podcast presented by the POW Podcast Network. Going to the diamond now. Um, David, out in Sacramento, text the show, and yes, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for being a follower also on Raiders Today, and thanks for jo- thanks for um, listening to the Put on Wavers podcast presented by the POW Podcast Network, but no, this is not the show where we're going to talk about trump versus lebron james okay so um i know you want to talk about that but we're not going to go in that direction if we go with once you go in that direction it takes over the whole show and we want to talk about stuff on the field um but if there are four major news networks who will give you plenty of coverage of that stuff i'm pretty sure um (laughs) they will definitely give you that but thank you for listening david we, we, we we definitely appreciate it we do the show for you guys um the shift saw so article the so our article this week on um, and ESPN.com, ESPn and then James who went to his first, uh, first uh, Yardgoats goats game gonna give us a critique of that in the miscellaneous but thoughts on the shift and this whole you know and the, the whole thing about it is it are the batters not adjusting to it is it is it wrong is it right Um Mike, let you go first on it, and then James, you can come right in. Thoughts about the shift, and is it? do you think it works? Do you think it's ruining the game? What are your thoughts on teams shifting um, because of the metrics saying that a, a left-handed batter pulls the ball so much or a, right-handed, or a right-handed, right-handed hitter pulls the ball so much or hits the ball off the middle?
2: Man, uh, I think the thing that's ruining the game is, Players striking out too much and not knowing fundamentally how to how to hit. I mean, I, I don't know. It's almost like that basketball question where you know it's like should we make it illegal to foul DeAndre Jordan? No, we should make DeAndre Jordan have to practice shooting foul shots in order to stay on the field. So um, I'm I'm very much you know defense should be able to play any way they want, however they think it's going to be effective to, to play defense. Um, you know they should be able to do it. And you should be and you should be as a hitter. You're looking to make them pay accordingly, um, you know, I, whether it's bunting, hitting the other way, whatever you have to do. I'm vehemently against trying to restrict. I mean, if you restrict shifting, are you restricting where a player? I know you're talking about how many players can be, uh, how many fielders can be on one side of the base and different things, but you might as well just start dictating everybody has to play straight away Um They've been shifting slightly forever in baseball. Shade this way, shade that way. They do it in outfield. Playing uh, uh, if somebody's a bunter, you know, cutting off the bunt. Whether you're, you know, you're playing in it on the grass on the corners. I mean, there's a million things that baseballs done over the years to try to uh, effectively uh, compensate for what the hitter does well and what they what they don't do well. So the idea there that you know. It's just amazing to me that, you know, when you have a situation like this, players are having a hard time adjusting. So let's change the rules and make it easier on them. It's such a cultural difference for me. It doesn't make any sense. How about you just how about the player learns how to hit, have situational situational hitting if they're gonna give you the whole left side of the infield? How about use it and get on base, and then they'll stop doing it? It's just the way it is. So just competitively, they are not going to give you a base every time, and if you're going to if you're going to drag bunt, or you're going to push bunt to get on base to offset that, they're not going to give you the base every time. They're going to start swinging back around, and it's stuck to you again. And that's my view on it. I just think it's nonsense to talk about making it illegal.
0: James? Yeah, a um, hundred and twenty years ago, Willie Keeler said, "Hit them where they ain't." and players just can't do that anymore. Um, yeah. they're, they're just so conditioned to, to pull the ball and hit the ball as hard as possible. Um, you know, it, I think that's what's leading to the shift. It's in the rules. It's legal. Keep doing it, but until the batters adjust and start hitting the ball, uh, bunting it down the line, going the opposite way, it's going to continue. Um, and, and I'm actually surprised because pitchers don't pitch inside as much as they used to. Um, you know, with everyone being so temperamental and getting their feelings hurt nowadays with an inside pitch, you you would think that you know they would pitch inside more, so that they would pull the ball to to make that defense work even better. But they're not, so I just don't understand why you know these professional hitters um, aren't spraying the ball around. I mean, you know, Wade Boggs and 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 Rod Crew and Tony Gwynn are probably about 500 against you know some of these defenses <laughs> nowadays.
3: Yeah, I, I just feel like if you just hit the ball the other way, you might be able to get a double. I mean, these guys, I mean, the, I have seen some shifts that are that are so dramatic that if you just pop, if you hit a, if you hit a pop up the other way as left-handed batter, I mean, it would you you would take you would take you might be able to take third base. Like it's 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 unbelievable. I saw, and it was a I think it was a play. I think Gardner made this play with the Yankees, and he the, the ball was hitting the ball was hit the ball was hit the second base, and he just kept on going to third, because nobody was at third base because the shift was so dramatic. I mean the shift was huge. So it's I mean I I just don't think it, I don't think it's ruining. I think that if you want to, it's kind of like to me is like you're basically saying okay. I am, we talked about NFL, I'm the Vikings. We're passing the ball all over the Rams. We're going to stop passing on the Rams because, because what? Because they can't, they, they can't stop it. I mean, they can't stop you. So just, these defenses are put in place to stop you. So hit the ball the other way. Bunk the ball down through the third baseline. Like it's not. This is not. Make the fit. Make the pitcher field his position.
2: Like you know, I mean that's. Why we? penalize? Why are we penalizing the defense for coming up with a way to stop you, as opposed to making the batter adjust and get better? I mean I don't understand. It's like, um, let's take the difficulty out of the game and make it easier. It's just amazing to me. I mean it's not even. It's just odd. I mean to me it's like. You know, it's just a it's, it's a it's a strange thing. I know, uh, and a lot of it for me comes down to when a when a player when you strikeouts are just outrageously up, and it's you know I, I nobody nobody chokes up, nobody shortens their swing, nobody does any of that, and yeah. it starts there to me because I don't see any kind of discipline at the plate. Two strikes, guys just flail away and they miss. They miss the strike three and they go back to their dugout. I mean. Um, it's it's part of the culture of the game now, where they're just trying to, you know, players just aren't as good at hitting the baseball, and and it's not because mm-hmm. it's because we're not forcing them to be better at it. They're they're okay with it.
3: You know, I, the babying. I mean, I, the, the time to hit the past fire out. Take, take remove the yeah, past learn how to hit. Let's go. I mean, go. It's let, learn how to hit. It drives me absolutely. Absolutely crazy. So I I, I I think we've said enough about it. But the sh- I think the shift is to me it's fine. I remember there was a I did it once in a fall ball game and I remember the other coach yelled at me. That was that was bush league. That was bush league. And like I just I just said scoreboard. Uh, I just walked away and said scoreboard. Kid, he knows his kids can't hit. <laughs> no, his, his best hitter was up, and I had a pitcher who was who did not throw hard. So that ball gonna get pulled. So I put everybody <laughs> in the hole. So I'm smart. I'm smart. Tell your kid. Tell your kid to. Tell your kid to. You know, hit the ball the other way. I'm gonna tell you. Um, the Yankees and I has been. I've been off. I, I was. I was busy last last week and I didn't know. I I, I didn't get you to some to. To you know, see what happened in Boston in the four-game series with the Red Sox, the Yankees. James, what, how did the Yankees do in that game, in that series? I wasn't sure.
1: <laughs>
3: well, they, they
0: they didn't win a single game, um, and they, and they didn't look good in the process. They, you know, their they vaunted bullpen cost them a couple of games. Um, the the Red Sox are just playing unbelievable baseball. I mean, that was a great series for the Red Sox. They looked really good. Um, they, they had that comeback win on, on Sunday night. And, um, yeah, the, the, you know, just reading all the Yankee fans um, and listening to them uh, on the radio ready to to fire Boone. And, and there was actually the, you know, if Boone were to leave, do you think Girardi would come back? Question that was posed on Francesca's show one day, I think it was. And, and you know, so... So, a lot of Yankee fans were, were going overboard uh, with what happened. I mean, the Yankees are in the playoffs, so so don't worry about that. It's still a long season. You still have two months left in the season um, to go. So, anything can happen, but the way the Red Sox are playing, I, I don't see the Red Sox losing the division at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, Boston, just everything came together this weekend, you know, this past weekend for Boston, and, and they looked really, really good on the field, and – Apparently there was an Aaron Boone comment, or I'm sorry, a Brian Cashman comment before before the uh, series about how this is going to be a statement series for the Yankees, and uh, I guess it wasn't in a way. So, yeah,
3: I guess it was. Um, Mike, I, I just don't. I'm kind of flabbergasted. I was, like I said, I was away. I didn't, I didn't see any of the action. <laughs> I didn't know. I, how, how could this happen to the to the Yankees? <laughs>
2: Well, I don't. I don't think it's that odd to lose. You know, the, the last game was the biggest one, obviously being up, uh, you know, being up four-one and having and having actually having two outs and and uh, and Chapman loading the bases with walks. That was something that uh, that that was the. Worst. I mean, if you finish the series, it's a terrible series. But if you finish with a win, it kind of you know, you can you can kind of move on. Losing three out of four in in Fenway, it's not the worst thing in the world. But they just played on top of it. They played terrible. I mean, the defense was. They looked. They were embarrassing themselves. And the Red Sox were getting big hits. And you know, so it it, it looked like the tail of two two teams going in an op- going in opposite directions. But again, Yankees came out of it now. they they've, they've got some bad teams that they're playing. So they won four in a row caught it they actually picked up a game tonight on the Red Sox. So, baseball seasons have a tendency to go back back and forth. I don't think they have enough to catch the, the Red Sox. Eight games is a lot. And that team, you know, I think we were texting back and forth. And, you know, everybody was talking early in the season, Astros, you know, and the Astros started to pop off a little bit to the Yankees kind of have to catch us. Well, the Astros should actually be thinking about the Red Sox <laughs> because the Red Sox just look – I mean, I know Sale is gone and they're going to need him back to, to make uh, to make a run. But that offense is just something to watch. I mean, they know how to hit, to get big hits. They have dangerous hitters right through the lineup, Right, righty-lefty, the two best offensive players in the, in the American League, I think, easily, uh, other than maybe Trout. But, you know, again, far seasons go – uh, and Martinez just playing out of their minds. So, um, better team. I mean, there's not much to say. They kind of outclass the Yankees, and you kind of look, and the Yankees missed Sanchez and Judge. If you take 70 home runs out of a lineup for a good lengthy period of time, I think that matters. But maybe Judge matters a little bit more, too. But um, uh, they just look like look like the better team.
3: So, questions for both of you guys. Um, Mike, Mike, you can go first, and then James come right in. Uh, I just – could the if the Yankees can just make this a, a closer race and kind of force the Red Sox hand to bring back Sale, I think early earlier than they might want because they want to avoid that one game playoff or, that's, or that or a huge collapse. How important is it for Boston to just I mean for, for New York not to just fall out of it um, as far as like the I mean they're they're locked into the wild card, but not to not to go not to. But not, not, not to totally give up on the division because let's face it. I mean, they can they can force the Red Sox to Red Sox hand here to kind of you know have to force them to win games and not kind of like set up their rotation and set up their bullpen for the playoffs. That could be something that even if the Yankees don't win the division, could hurt the Red Sox long term.
2: I'd agree. The, 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 what you're going to have to watch is like the next two to three weeks because the Yankees have some the Yankees are going to be facing some teams over the next two to three weeks that are just bad. I mean, even starting off here, the White Sox, the Rangers, you've got, I don't have the schedule right here in front of me, but they have um, some very winnable series over the next two to three weeks. And if they can get that, you know, the deficit down to maybe four or five games where you stay within a series of making it close because they still have some games left, uh, with the Red Sox, if you can get it to that four or five games, it does keep the Red Sox uh, to where they they really can't sit back, kind of like the Indians are going to do and just kind of chill out and just you know they're waiting the season out and they can set up everything. So I think you're right, they they're not there yet. I mean, eight games is a good gap. So, but if they can get it to five, four or five games, it, it's going to be enough to where I think the Red Sox will be a little bit not nervous, but they're going to have to still be playing well to make sure they keep some distance. James? Yeah, they still have the
0: six games. They still have the six games left against each other. So you know, three in Fenway, three at New York. So so you have those. I mean, you you were listening to Red Sox fans, and and after the Sox won the first two games, they were happy with that because they're like, hey, we just split out the rest of the year. You know, we don't lose ground. We we, we maintain our lead. Um, and and then you know, they won the third game and and you know, the Yankees had their ace going for them and David price because they, they just pretty much own David price. Um, and they ended up losing that game. So it, it, it was huge, huge for the Red Sox. But again, there's, they have the six games head to head. Um, you know, both teams still have to play Baltimore a couple times. Um, that's probably more of an advantage for, for Boston than it is for the Yankees, the way they've been Baltimore's been playing against them. But, um, yeah, it's, they they need to the Yankees need those six games. Um I, I think one thing is you really have to look at the impact of Judge has on that team and, and when you're talking about M V P like I don't think he'll win the M V P but they're just a different team without Judge in the lineup. And I mean they played most of the year without Sanchez so so I, I think Judge is, is the biggest impact not being in the lineup and um We'll see what happens, you know, when he comes back. How fast does he get his swing back? Right now, I mean, if you ask me, it seems like he's been out a little longer than expected. Um, I thought he was throwing a 10-day DL. Um, maybe I'm wrong I that. Maybe it was, it was the longer disabled list, but um,
2: it's it's definitely an impact when he's not in the lineup. And Dwayne, you're looking at the the, the 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 next three series. You're looking at Rangers. They have a makeup make up game with the Mets they have a lot of games in a row but then you're talking Rays Blue Days Marlins Orioles White Sox Tigers I mean those are not a lot of good those are all the next um you know in a row the series they're facing those are all winnable series where they're going to be they're going to be favored and should be winning those games so if they're going to make up the ground it's going to be over the next two to three weeks and we'll see where we are
3: no question about that um just like we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the, how we just skipped over them and said win the division, same thing we're gonna do win the Central um, with the Indians. They won the division, so we're gonna move on. I'm not even talking about the Indians. Um, we'll talk about the Indians in their first playoff game because it's really nothing. There's really nothing to talk about as far as that team goes. Um, everybody knows my disdain and disgust for the Oakland Athletics, but they are playing very well and they're playing. When, they are seven and three, and they've you know come from the depths to really maybe have an outside chance of the division, but definitely solid wild card contenders there so you have to watch out for the A's and they can hit home runs and they have and they have a pretty good um you know they pretty pretty good young time, young team um, you we, we know when those young players are ready for free agency they will not be signed, but for right now they're they're going after it and making a run um, thoughts on, Oakland and Oakland looking at James looking at the schedule um let's see here Oakland the Yanks do go to Oakland a little bit later on do the A's make the Yankees any um, nervous about you know maybe having that playoff game in Oakland instead of in New York
0: yeah I mean I think anytime you get a home game in the playoffs and you have to go on the road it, it makes um it, it, it makes a big impact on the teams. Um, you know, Seattle fell back to earth. Um, you know, is Oakland going to fall back to earth? They, they made a couple of moves at the trade deadline, making themselves look good. But yeah, I, I think Oakland would much prefer for the Yankees to come there than, them, you know, having to go to uh, having to go to Yankee stadium. Um, they're, yeah, I mean, they're, what they're doing is, wow, you know they, they've just been on a roll, um, you know. But they, Houston's going to get healthy again, um, yeah. And, and the Yankees are the only American League East team that comes out at all in Houston, so they they pretty much spend the last two months playing their own division. Um, Tampa Bay comes in one time, and that's about it. So. Yeah, I think Oakland is going to make the move for the wild card. I think it's still Houston's division. Um, They're surviving the injuries they're going through right now, and um, they still have all that pitching in Houston. So it's Houston's division to lose. I don't think they're going to lose it, but I I see Oakland finishing ahead of Seattle at this point right now.
3: So let's go for the National League. And listen, it is only half a game separating the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. In the in the last ten games, the Dodgers have only with all this firepower, with all these trades, all this you know, all this hoopla, they're they are all this should win the whole thing. Made the playoffs six years in a row, best team in the national league. You get Dozier, you get Machado, um, you have the high payroll, you're glitz and glamour, you got, you know, LeBron out there now. Um, they still can't take over the division. Um, they're the four and six in the last ten games. It's is when when is this Dodger surge coming, Mike? What are we going to see them just take over the division and leave the Diamondbacks in the dust?
2: Did you just say LeBron is now out there and that's supposed to help the Dodgers? <laughs> that's what you just said.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, oh, wow. So. I'm not sure what that affiliation is other than they're in the same city, I guess, but um, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, by the way, not a very good job of being completely unbiased in your uh, in your commentary right there, uh, but...
3: Uh, Mike, oh, I mean, I, hold on, hold on. Oh, but seriously, they're loaded.
2: No, of course. They got... Course. I, they, they are, they, they're loaded.
3: Today. I mean, they're, they're, they're loaded. And they haven't played it's, well. It's, it's, it's time. It's time.
2: I would I would agree 100%. The only difference is just because you add talent mid midway through doesn't mean everybody's going to click all at once. So I, if I was them, obviously I'd be a little bit impatient. But give them a give them a couple weeks, and see where we are. I don't think I, I don't really think Arizona's going to go anywhere. Um, it's a good team. So, but you know, if you're saying that if we're talking two three weeks from now and we get into September beginning part of September and you and they're still tied with the, with with, uh, with Arizona. Then then obviously I have a problem. Um, but I say give them a couple of more weeks, see where they are. But I still think they're the best team in the division. I expect them to win it. Um, but again, there's going to be pressure on them now that they've added the pieces. There's there's kind of pressure on the Dodgers every year. But um, and we'll see how it how it goes. I mean, I, they have the talent. They have the best talent in the division. There's no, I don't even think you'd argue with that. It's just about putting it together and. And obviously, but again, give them, give them a couple more weeks and see where they are.
3: Oh. Um, James, when is this onslaught from L.A. coming?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I, I think it's um, it's on its way. It's coming. Um, two weeks, tops, uh, I'll see them. You know, I, I think they can definitely start putting together. National League just not strong this year. I don't know what's going on in the National League. Um, That's, there's even more no That's even more yeah, reason for you, the Dodgers you, to dominate.
2: You would, you would think, you would think. Um,
0: yeah, they haven't they, had they, an they easy uh, schedule.
2: They haven't had an easy schedule. You're talking about the Brewers. They played the the Braves, Brewers, Astros, Athletics. That's not yeah. a good group there. You're not going to get tons of wins out of that. I mean, you, you're not going to go, you know, eight and one through a stretch like that. So you know,
3: unfortunately, unfortunately for for the Dodgers, the, the, the Padres aren't going to be in the playoffs. Neither will be the Mets or the Marlins. So um, it's you know or the or the reds uh, so 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 you gotta you gotta man up and and start winning some games they got um, the
0: they, they got the Giants next week, so there's three wins for them <laughs>
1: and,
0: uh, that's,
3: that's, that is that is fair and, and and
1: and and for
3: them and for them hopefully hopefully those three wins can get them three titles in this decade um <laughs> it's just not possible so the one team I think you gotta watch out for uh not to not to make a run in the playoffs, but the Nationals are trying to make a run here. Um, they are six games back in the loss column. with The Phillies, I would love to see the Phillies or the Braves win the division. Both those teams are tied at a uh, tied with fifty losses. So, but 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 you know everybody was waiting, wanted the the, the Nats to break it up. I do I do like the Nats to, to, to try and make a run here. Probably kind of the last ditch effort for this organization with Bryce Harper who's probably going to be moving on. Uh, thoughts on the Nationals and uh National League East, Mr. James. Cracking on my Giants.
0: <laughs> um I I think the Braves are in this division. I I think Washington is done. Um Yeah, I mean they they won tonight, but uh, geez, that's a they just don't look the same. I, I thought for sure they came out, I mean, again, it was the Mets they were playing, but those those three games after the trade deadline when they said they were going to stay together and, and you just basically saw a different Bryce Harper. I mean, we've seen a different Bryce Harper since since the All-Star game, you know, definitely a, a different player than the first half. I thought they were just going to make a run and, and pull away the division and take it over. And they, they just, you know, you talk about a team with a lot of talent not showing anything, especially with the pitching they have. Um, you know, there's just something, there's just a fire lacking there with that team this year, you know, and and you can't figure out what that missing piece is. You know, maybe it, maybe it was losing Jason Worth, um, you know, not, not having that type of personality in the locker room and, and on the bench and, and, you know, but there's just something different about this team that just looks like, like, uh, you know, like a dead team walking. Like, it's just let's get this season over with. Bryce Harper's not going to be here anymore and just regroup and, and get back together next year.
3: It's time for miscellaneous now. And uh, let's see, the first topic. Oh, um, James, let's get your feedback here on your stadium review of the Yard Goats. How, how, how was that experience there?
0: Uh, it was, you know what? It's a really good stadium. They did a nice job on it. I, you know, just talking to some people there, hearing some people talking. I guess there's some portions of the ballpark that they couldn't afford to finish, so it's not completed. There's some overhangs in the the, the right field, outfield seats that, that aren't that aren't done, but um, reasonably, like very good price seats, um, even inside. I mean, you're talking Hartford. Um, usually, you go to to watch the, the Wolfpack play hockey, and beer is overpriced there. I thought all the prices were reasonable, um, all the seats were great. We were two rows behind the left field wall. Um, it, it was fun. It, they did they did a really nice job. And then I again I, I I sent a text out. the most impressive part was watching this one player on. Hartford every time they did the shift on him, either bunting down the third baseline or, or slapping the ball that way. So that was that was really cool to see that maybe these young players are, are going to get rid of this shift on their own.
3: That, that sounds good. Um, like, I, like I told you, I almost stayed in Connecticut for that stadium.
0: It was actually it was
3: actually extraordinary. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, I was like, Yar, is it Stadium or, 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 or San Diego? I had to make a choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, the A's, the A's had traded for Fernando Rodney. So Billy Bean looks like he's really going for it. You see Rodney being able to help the A's as they, in their quest to catch the Yankees and surpass the Empire in the standings.
2: Well, you know the one thing that's gonna I, I, Rodney's, Rodney's a pretty good pitcher. I mean, I don't think um, there's it's nothing to sneeze at. He's a good he's a good pitcher. I, I think probably bolstering and having a Another arm of the bullpen is is, uh, is something that's going to help them. What's going to keep them? We I, I didn't say this earlier, but what's going to keep them is I mentioned the Yankees' schedule being extremely easy. What's going to keep the A's from from taking over the Yankees is the difficulty in their schedule. I mean, they have some tough games ahead: Angels, Seattle, Houston, right in a row, and so for the next three series. So and then they fill again after. They play Texas and Minnesota then, are, are going to go to Houston, have Seattle again for four. I mean, that, those are some tough games and tough stretches they're going to find um, coming up. And that's why I said even over the next couple of weeks, I don't think the A's are a threat from the, from uh, to catch the Yankees, not because they don't have the talent to do it, just because the timing of the schedules just going in opposite direction.
3: Maybe if the A's got the a start, good pitch, they'd probably be there. Yeah, and, and plus, I a good pitcher. He's a
2: good pitcher.
3: Yeah, he's a good pitcher. I mean, you, you, you definitely don't want to have him save a game on you because then you got to see him, you know, do, do the do, yes. do, the, do yes. the do the bow and arrow thing, which is
2: like how annoying and I, is that? And how
3: annoying! It's funny, it, but it's have annoying. fun. Have fun. It, it is funny. It's funny. Um, <laughs> and he's he's one of the he's one of the few right-handed pitchers who kind of wears this half hat off to the side. You know, yes, we usually yes. usually left usually lefties do that, right? It's kind of interesting that he does that. That's annoying um, too,
1: by the way. That's annoying too, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah,
3: it is annoying. Um, i gonna say so. Major League Baseball is doing their jersey thing again with the nicknames on the back of it. Um, a couple of them have emojis on it, which is pretty funny. Um, James, you are our. Um, Jersey connoisseur, if you will. What are your thoughts, what are your, what are your thoughts on the nickname jerseys?
0: I, li- I like the concept of the nickname jerseys. I just don't like the design this year. I think they did a much better job last year. And then coming off really good uniforms for the uh, the, the pre-All-Star Game stuff, I thought they, they did a really good job there. Um, they look a lot more like softball jerseys this year and not in a good way like the 1970 White Sox, you know, the 77 White Sox with those great jer- uniforms. Um, but I'm a fan of the whole nickname thing. I, I think the nickname thing is really cool when they do that. So kudos to that, but just just not a fan of the jerseys this year. I, I looked at the it's jerseys a like the, couple war- times and nothing.
2: The one fun mm-hmm. thing I think people would say out, outside the, the norm that baseball does like the one thing that, from a marketing standpoint, that and the you know the day they wear forty two, everybody wears forty two. At I, I love that also, but um, which
3: I, I I gotta say I'm not a fan of. the, the, the you're I, not. I, I I am not a fan of. I feel like. What can I say? How can I how can I put this? I feel like. I want other players in baseball to wear that number. Um, And I just feel like the number is important. It has its place. I definitely want him to have a day um, in every ballpark. Um, Probably the anniversary of him signing that contract with the Dodgers is probably the day that – but I'm not – and I, I I don't think it should be I, you can you can put it in every ballpark and just like you know and just put you know may, maybe have like a, a statue or a Robinson um, without
2: taking it out without taking it out without, you're take,
3: without taking it out like, like 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 you know when I went to um, a Raiders Ravens game right next to the Raven Stadium they have Camden um, Yards and they have all the all the all the great you can see all those beautiful. Um, you know, statues of tributes to the great Oriole players. I think every team should have that player. Um, should have like a, should have a player for, for a, a, a little statue or a little something in their stadium, either inside or outside of Jackie Robinson. Kind of a, you know, kind of like a maybe a mini, like a maybe like a mini museum. They can just go back and even 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 have a, like a little part where people can sit down and learn about his career and his life and everything that he went through to become. The first black major leaguer, but um, I don't know why. I've just never been, and not like. You are know, I'm you a to... fan of?
2: Then are you a fan of individual teams uh, 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 retiring the number and not letting anybody else in an organization where? If, if uh, individual wear number...
3: teams, if, if, if individual teams wanted to do that, then I could out of respect. Then that's fine, but I, I think it's kind of cool. I think I think you I think you would get players who'd want to say who grew up and said, hey, you know what? It would be cool to wear number forty two. And
0: not and, yeah, I, and not
3: wear it just for and I, and, I, and and not I just wear it for one day. That's just my that's just my
0: thought. I I agree with you on that. I, I think that's a good call, Dwayne. Um, and you know one thing I want to call out is um, you know the number ten in Brazil is is a number of honor, and that's the number Pele wore when he played for Brazil. And that's the number he wore when he played for the New York Cosmos. And number ten is a it's a number of honor um in Brazil and. Even usually it's given to, like, the best player on, on each team. Um, so that's, you know, so that's something you could, you could even do with, like, the number 42. Like, just make it a number, you know, that where you honor a player, you know, some, something along those lines. But, like, if you're playing soccer in Brazil and you get to wear Pele's number, like, that's, like, the utmost for anyone. And it's usually given to the best player on the Brazilian national team every single year. Yeah, I mean,
3: I, I just I, I just want to see it again. I mean, it's cool that wasn't Mariano the last guy to wear it. So what a what a great what a great ambassador of the sport to wear. I'm not a Yankee fan, but like you you, you can't have beef with Mariano. I'm sorry, <laughs> you, just, you just can't. Like you know he's you know he's, he's a great guy, but I'm not I'm not a fan of that. Um, Mike Sosa last year with the Angels. Do you like should 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 this have been announced after the season's over should that like been something that should have been done later on um james um I'll, I'll give you give you a chance to talk about that and Mike you come right in after should 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 he be gone now already or should he just go after the season's over and then you know this whole announcement should have been after the season's over and not right now
0: yeah, did that change because I thought he came out and said he wasn't leaving. Um, when it was first announced last week, when they broke the news on ESPN, he then came out and said he wasn't leaving. So did that change back that he definitely is leaving now? I, uh, or is it re- just...
3: Maybe it changed back. I, I didn't recheck the story. If I didn't recheck the story, I'll double. I'll, I'll, I'll double. T- I'll, double, t- I'll, double t- I'll double check. That yeah. Out the actual term. The actual doing, term yeah. he
0: used was.
2: The
0: was poppy term cock. He used was <laughs> it was Poppycock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think anytime you you put a manager in a lame duck situation. Um, or even a coach, the best move is to just, just, you know, let him go. However, if, if sochin decided he's retiring, um, he's had a great run, you know, in, in California, um, you know, even as a Dodger player, um, he, he's just, you know, been there for so long. Like, if he decides to retire, then he deserves the right to, to end the season as the manager. I don't think he should be forced out. When the front office no. usually announces that they're making it, they're going to change direction in the off season. Just do it now. Just just cut it now. Yeah,
3: I, I think so. I think so as well. I mean,
0: you want to stay the hall of fame manager.
3: No, you got one right. You got one.
0: You got the one title. I guess I forget yeah. who they beat in, in that series. Um...
3: <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna look at like a guy like Bochi who has. And we went to the World Series what five times? I mean, Bochi went to the World Series with
2: the Padres. Yeah, I mean, Bochi's a Bochi's a Hall of Fame manager. Yeah, he so
0: yeah. So got smoked. He got
2: smoked. he got smoked. He got smoked so in the series, but you know, he got smoked in that series with the Padres. But yeah.
3: Did he Did he face the best team and one of the best teams in history? I think he did. Um, I think, but I, think but he I do did. think after yeah. being, I think he. He got smoked, and then he kind of made up for it a little bit, didn't he, afterwards? Okay, I thought so. First um, of all,
2: I was asking about Sosha
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know how we ended up hearing <laughs> that, but do you think he's a Hall of Fame manager?
3: Absolutely not. No, no way I whatsoever.
2: I heard when he announced you know, originally there was uh, quite a few baseball folks on TV who were saying, his Hall of Fame management, you know, manager career, and I, I was surprised by that because I knew he only had one title. So, just throwing that out there.
3: Oh, yeah. One title cannot. One title is not. Gonna get, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not giving you anything up of one title. Um, they happening. Uh, let's see here. Is movies any great movies coming out this week? I know I did see that one thing. Have you seen the trailer? Either either of you have have you seen the trailer for Venom? The Marvel from yeah. Marvel. Have you seen that trailer? Okay.
1: Yeah. I so I
3: guess they. I have not. I have not. It looks. It looks good. I would. I would not. I think that would probably scare the kids. So. Th- so I would definitely <laughs> not see it with the. With, that's not. It's not. Well, like wait, it's not like the Spider-Man movie. They'll,
1: they'll be in bed when I watch the
3: trailer. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yes, seriously, yes, seriously. I was gonna say. Yeah. They'll be crying all night. Um. <laughs> but uh, interesting thing. I guess they they made sure that the movie wasn't. Uh, Rated R, like Deadpool or anything like that, so that it's PG-13, so they can have a cross movie with um, Spider-Man in it. So um, that's gonna be cool when that when that actually happens down the road. So I'm still mad about Wakanda. So uh, I hope Marvel gotta make it up to me. Um, the, the Black Black Klansman, Spike Lee's new movie is gonna come out. This, gonna come out tomorrow, so that's a cool movie to go see. Um, I also, do see you have yeah, it does. It does look. I mean, it's funny. Like when you hear his son talk and close your eyes, it sounds like Denzel. It's like it's really funny. It's really actually really kind of kind of cool. Like just to see them do that. And I did not realize. Um, did you hear um, James the interview that Denzel did with um, Bill Simmons?
0: No, I did not. I, I saw some headlines from it, but I did not. Uh...
3: Yeah, if you get a chance – and I didn't even – Mike Mike played on to me. It was actually really, really good because Denzel's one of those stars who doesn't speak every five minutes, so it's kind of cool. I didn't realize that how close his son was to being in the NFL. Like his son was on the Rams, and then he just got to the Rams and said, okay, this is a little too violent for me. (laughs) 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 me me I've got a
2: couple other paths I can choose. We got a couple other
3: things going on on the side. Yeah. he's like, he's like, wait <laughs> a minute. The Rock just called me to be on Ballers on HBO and play a football wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. I think that I could probably do that without getting CTE or anything like that. So I don't really yeah. need this. But but I but I didn't realize how so what a good athlete he was. His, his son was before before that podcast. But a lot of cool things in that podcast um, going forward. Um, my funny thing about it was that when when he said that um, he never did a movie with a. With a a guy ending 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 his name in an O, like he never made a movie with De Niro or Pacino or DiCaprio. It was that part was pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Also 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 talked about like wanting to wanting to work with Steven Spielberg in a movie that and he and he, and he hasn't been able to do that as well. So it was it was a good movie. He's a great actor. Everybody enjoys a, a good Denzel flick. So that was, that was interesting there. Um, anything from Hard Knocks? I have not seen Hard Knocks yet. Um, have, you, have, you, have you guys got a chance to see Hard Docs at all? Any cool things about that? I, I heard that after, uh, just
2: Landry. After Justin watching Land- one week, you're gonna. Well, would it keep you
0: watching another week? Yeah, definitely. I, I just a lot of good personalities on that team. Um, Jarvis Landry had this <laughs> this speech that you have to see. It's, it's making its way around the internet today, where he just called out every receiver on Cleveland, and pretty much every other word was uh, bleeped out. <laughs> when you watch it on the internet, but not on HBO. So, um, yeah, it, it was definitely interesting. Um, I had it on in the background, but I, I was watching it and, um, uh, Baker Bayfield is, is living in a camper, um, off to the side of the practice field. And that, that's, that's the other big thing that came out of it. So, um, but today, today is actually the 30th anniversary of Wayne Gretzky getting traded to the Kings and the Kings coming out with their silver and black uniforms. um, hmm. And so I've been watching a lot of documentaries about that trade that day. So I remember that day a lot, like how that whole trade went down. So it was uh, it's been a pretty cool documentary to watch, say, on, on both the NHL Network and ESPN.
3: Yeah. Um, Vladimir Guerrero's junior is back and healthy in the minors. And can we just bring him up? Can we Can we just stop playing the game? We, we all want to see this kid play. We, May 7th. May <laughs> <play>. 7th. <here. laughs> Yeah, let's go. I don't want to wait.
1: I don't want to wait.
3: I don't want to wait. I, the kid is just—he's fantastic. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him play. He's—he's just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's really good. I can't wait to see him play. But I, I guess I might have May, to wait.
0: Next May you'll get to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the, the second part of the Avengers Infinity War. So all, all in one month. So it'll be a good May in
3: 2019. Yeah. As 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 the people of Wakanda as, 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 as the people of Wakanda rebuild their city. Because because everybody else destroyed it. Um, anything going on with um in the Carolinas with the Panthers, Mike? Yeah. Uh, how, how, how do people feel confident about the Panthers going forward, or are they still talking about Duke uh, and, you know and UNC basketball?
2: Nah, basketball. I mean the NCAA rules. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. NCA rules made made the rounds today. Just all the things going on with that. Just them surprisingly coming out with all these all these regulations and didn't tell any, anybody else. They were gonna. They were gonna finalize them. It's pretty funny. Anytime college basketball, anything happens with college basketball, it, it makes news down here. It's, it's probably on the forefront and literally on the forefront above any, anything else. So, um, but the Panthers there's a lot of excitement about the Panthers. There's a lot of pressure on the Panthers as well. You know, Cam Newton is one of those guys who never really gets kind of. I don't think he gets his just due in regard to how good he's been. Um, there's constant. I mean, for a guy who's had a lot of of accomplishments and is so good in the community in Charlotte, he really is under the gun all the time in regard to just, you know, having to perform at a high level. So they have some weapons. I think there's some excitement there. We'll probably, you know, we'll go over them next week or the week after. But, um, you know, Cam Newton's got a lot of pressure on him heading into the season. So, uh, but that's, 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 that's about it. They have a lot of weapons. Yeah.
3: We'll see what happens there. We have next week. We'll do the South in the uh, NFC and AFC. So we'll see what we'll have. We'll see what happens there with both of those. And we will. I am going to. Well, I'm working really hard on a special guest for next week. And as they say in the business, that's a tease for next time. So <laughs> we will. <laughs> we will see you um, next week on the Put On Waivers podcast, presented by the POW Podcast Network. We also will be talking Raiders Lions as the preseason opener of the John Gruden era begins. Chucky is definitely back for a sequel. Hopefully, he won't suck like most sequels do. Wow.
2: Everyone he stay wasn't, healthy. Wasn't Everybody stay healthy. <laughs> Everybody yeah, stay, stay healthy. Oh yeah, that's I mean, all that, that matters. That,
3: the the, for the first the first thing you do you go to Pro Football Talk or you go to any websites to see if anybody got hurt. That's it. And like as as the as the great Joe Beningo said, preseason football is nothing but non-alcoholic beer. That's it.
1: That's <laughs> it. That's all of it.
0: Is. <laughs> see you guys next time. Have a good one. That
3: shit sounded like an album. Who'd've thought a countrywide tour be the outcome? Labels want my name beside an X like Malcolm. Everybody got a deal, I did it without one. Yeah, nigga, I'm about my business. Chilling all these rappers, you would swear I had a hit list. Everyone who doubted me is asking for forgiveness. If you ain't been a part of it, at least you got to witness. Bitch, it ain't mean I mean nothing in y'all. I understand nothing was done to me
1: So I don't plan on stopping at all I won't be shit forever, mine, mind, never mind, never mind She's shit down in the mall It's
3: tellin' that girl she the one for me And I ain't need no plan in the call I won't be shit forever, mine, ever never mind, never mind, mind, mind I used to have hood dreams Big fame, big change. I stuck my dick inside his life until that bitch came. And went hard, all, all fall like the ball team. Just so I could make it rain. All spring, Y'all seen my story,
1: my glory. I had raped the game young. You could call a statutory when a nigga blow up. They gon' build.
2: Western bacon cheese burger cheese bacon western bacon cheese burger i'm talking Carl Jr pick it up western bacon cheese burger carl jr pick it up western bacon cheese burger cheese, cheese bacon western bacon cheese burger i'm talking carl jr pick it up western bacon cheese burger carl jr pick it up